Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I'm your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. It is 9 o'clock in the p.m. on Wednesday, December the 5th. Thank you for joining me here. And I want to send a special thanks to everybody that has been downloading the broadcast and spreading the word about the broadcast. So I appreciate that. Once again, freedom and liberty are popular. And I will come cover a lot of the topics that you will not hear on the mainstream media, but these are topics that need to be discussed. And I think the more and more that we look for alternative news sources, the more we the people can control the narrative and can control the talking points of what's really out there and what the real issues are. Not having somebody in a suit reading a teleprompter tell us what the issues are. So... Thanks for joining me again. Um, Once again, just kind of want to highlight what I wanted to go over today. I put on the on the website that the the UN, um, I guess, conversation about the internet by the bureaucrats, the unelected bureaucracy, has begun. So we got to wait for a couple of days to see what those geniuses at the United Nations, which is if you ever show up there. There's probably nobody ever there. It's really funny. There's a documentary I've referenced it once before, but it's really worth watching. On uh, it's called UN Me. It's the letter U, the letter N, like United Nations, and then me. And it just goes through a lot of the hypocrisy, and he documents it really well, and shows up like when the UN's supposed to be in session and nobody's around, and it just shows you the the glo- grossly overrated United Nations and their ability to make these laws that supersede our laws somehow, which I still haven't figured that out. And they're unelected. I mean, they're appointed people. We don't elect our UN representative. They're appointed. So when you start looking at stuff like that, and you start looking at those people having control over the Internet, and they always, you know... It's just like our federal government. They're going to tell you that they're going to do one thing and they're going to do another. It's like Obama said that he wasn't going to sign the NDAA with a secret detention. And it turns out he actually wrote it and specifically wrote it and had that provision put in to secretly arrest citizens. So, once again, I don't have anything personal against Obama. I just have, I have issues when you start sacrificing my civil liberties with a stroke of a pen. Once again, as I've said many times before, just because you put something down on paper and somebody signs it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right for you to be able to do that. But hey, the public's not paying attention, so let's just have a big free-for-all and do whatever the heck we want. But as uh, as I promised uh, my sister, I um, she sent me this Rachel Maddow clip, which... Uh, MSNBC, by the way, for those of you that don't know, did take banker bailout money, a.k.a. your tax money, to spew leftist propaganda, state-run government talking point media at you. 
And Rachel Maddow, I guess, is now meeting with the president to discuss um, issues. So that's not telling at all, is it? So she went on a little rant that I guess a lot of people shared and liked this, and they thought it was great. And you know the and it's nothing against liberal people in general, but when you start siding with things just because it's anti. Republican, and likewise, just because you side with things because it's anti-liberal doesn't mean that that you're right and they're bad. It just means that you need to have all the information, and that's what I try to look at. I don't – I mean obviously I consider myself a libertarian, but I don't like labels. Labels are stupid. Labels basically means that I can – I can ask you four questions and determine what kind of person you are, which that really has no effect on on any human, but they like to when I say they, it's you know, the establishment likes to put you in these little boxes so you infight with one another over stupid stuff. You know, stuff that really doesn't matter. Stuff like HR forty five where they wanted to set up FEMA camps and stuff, that's the kind of things that we should get mad about, but then that doesn't exist. Except it was a it was an actual legislative document, didn't get passed. But you know, judging by the way that this government operates things with the Patriot Act and stuff, they probably already built these things. Actually, I would not put it past these people for building these things for quote unquote disaster fallout, aka meaning if you guys collapse the economy too fast and we figure it out, then you're going to throw us all into camps. Not to saying it's just some big secret that. That Washington's in in bed with Wall Street. That's been going on for a long time. But HR six forty five. Everybody, look it up. Read the documents and watch the Jesse Ventura clip. That's on. Um, I'll put it on the YouTube channel. We are not cattle TV. I always do a really bad job of plugging my website and plugging the YouTube channel. But we are not cattle TV. Uh, we are not cattle dot net. And also wanted to plug another thing for those of you that live in the Atlanta area that listen to this podcast before Saturday. We are going to be down. We are not Change Atlanta. We'll be down at the Federal Reserve Building at noon on Saturday to protest the private Federal Reserve, which loans our government money at interest and then holds us hostage with their banker bailouts and says that the failure of these banking establishments is our problem, and we need to pay for it. So there you go. But do watch the Jesse Ventura FEMA camp video. Once again, I'll put it on the YouTube channel. You guys can check it out there or just go to YouTube and do Jesse Ventura FEMA camps. And he actually confronts the guy that co-sponsored the bill for HR 645, which had the establishment of six FEMA camps across the United States. So he confronts the guy. He's like, oh, that bill, that is for when green, that's for when aliens come down. See, they make it so ridiculous. They make it so like he, – he does a great job of just spinning it. He's going to make it the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard of. So when they when they brand tyranny, it sounds reasonable. Hey, we got camps, but those are for the quacky – they're not really camps. Those are for the – oh, the people saying they're camps are for the people that say that green aliens are going to come down and get us. Now, you guys say they're – Resettlement internment camps, and I've got the uh, the link to the foreignpolicy.com article that I will reference. But back to our buddy, Miss Paid Propagandist Talking Point, Rachel Maddow. 
and her little diatribe that she went through. And there's a few of these guys that I'm going to touch and a few of them that I'm going to leave alone. Because I don't like to go down the birther route, although I have my opinions on it. I'm just going to keep those to myself. Um, so there's like two birther references, uh, a skewed Democrat reference, and, and climate change, which is another one that I don't touch because I've seen it kind of go both ways. So anyway, here is the actual full quote, and then I'm going to break it down into little segments, and I'm going to list – the I'll just read off the headlines that uh, that I found to support whether it supports our argument or not. So here you go. Ohio really did go to President Obama last night. So I left that one alone, but if you want to do your own research, there's a site called blackboxvoting.org that talks about how um, the the state of Ohio was actually given to Obama like 17 minutes after polls closed, which there's no way they could have counted all the votes. He was really born in Hawaii, and he really is legitimately the president of the United States again. The Bureau of Labor Statistics did not make up fake unemployment numbers last month, and the Congressional Research Service really can find no evidence that cutting taxes on the rich people grows the economy, and the polls were not skewed over the sample size of Democrats. And Nate Silver is not making up fake projections about the elections to make conservatives feel bad. Nate Silver was doing math. And climate change in Israel – and this is this is absolutely crazy. And rape does really cause pregnancy sometimes. And evolution is a thing. And Benghazi was was an attack on us, not a scandal by us. And nobody is taking away anyone's guns, and taxes have not gone up. And the deficit is dropping, actually, and Saddam Hussein did not have weapons of mass destruction, and the moon landing was real. And see, this is where they go into the fables of just completely making it ludicrous so that anything that, that they say beforehand is is going to make you think that all these things, if you try to counterpoint them, is just – like you just said that a space alien landed in your front yard. So that's how they get you. They play these mind tricks with the American public. And so the American public hears, okay, so Saddam didn't have weapons of mass destruction and the moon landing was real. So they're like, oh, so anybody that says anything about all the points that she references above, even if they're factual or not, they're all conspiracy nut jobs, and I'm right. And then here we go. And FEMA is not building concentration camps, and the UN election observers are not taking, or UN observers are not taking over Texas, which was true. They were actually there to watch and regulate. And moderate reforms and regulations on the insurance industry and the financial services industry in this country are not the same things as communism. Well, there we go. Rachel Maddow has told us that all of these things are true, so everyone go back to sleep because the person inside the magic box told you what you need to know. So let's go through this. Ohio really did go to President Obama. Once again, check blackboxvoting.org. There are a couple of different things out there. I can't say either way because I don't have definitive proof, but I just think it's a little bit shady. And moving on. Oh, he really was born in Hawaii. That's uh, a birther argument. I don't want to touch that one. The Bureau of Labor Statistics did not make up faint unemployment numbers. All right, so I will go to my articles here. Um, Fox Business, which I don't know how much they can be trusted either. 
The Bureau of Labor Statistics says unemployment report was skewed down and because they left out one state, and it was probably the humongous state that is in blue on the left coast. So you guys can figure that one out. But that's why the numbers went down, and the Bureau of Labor Statistics has a steadily holding at 7.9 with their fake numbers because they don't count anybody that's been out of work for 18 months or more. So, once again, I will put hyperlinks to all of these. I've got them all ready, so I'm just going to launch that part of the website after I get done with the show tonight. So you should be able to find all the hyperlinks about 10.30 tonight, Eastern Standard Time. If you want to go through and read all these things for yourself, which I highly recommend because being informed is part of the battle. And so we'll skip through where it says the Congressional Research Office really can find no evidence that cutting taxes grows the economy. Well, I reference a Mike Patton article from Forbes.com, and it actually does show that, and it's even got graphs, so people like Rachel Maddow can even look at the graph and tell that when the tax bracket goes down, the number of tax receipts goes up. And it's almost a complete X. And then our tax bracket has flatlined around 36%, and taxes have steadily increased since then. And when taxes were extremely high, there was not a lot of revenue coming in but a lot of that can be due to inflation and all of those types of things. So keep that in mind when you look at the chart. But again, he goes through and talks about the correlation between the two, and you can draw the conclusions from that document there. And the polls are not uh, oversampled towards Democrats. No, when they run those stupid polls for the president, everyone, look at the very bottom of the sample size. And the sample size are like 1,000 or 2,000, and they pick certain demographics to to target, and then they have a plus-minus. Look at the plus-minus. I've said this before on my show. If the plus-minus is over three, it's really not a great, accurate representation of what's going on. So... If it's like, oh, it's it's 55% for Romney or 55% for Obama and 45% for Romney, and if it's a plus, plus or minus five, it could really be a dead heat, or Obama could be throttling him or, you know, whatever. So moving on. Um, polls are not skewed by Democrats. Climate change is real. Once again, another topic I won't touch because of all the global warming stuff where they had all the emails that leaked out saying this is all a scam. So now they just call it climate change. And I will agree that things are getting a little bit crazy, but I think it has a lot more to do uh, with the sun and the moon causing the effects on our planet and not some man-made carbon ration whatever. Oh, the Benghazi attack was an attack on us, not a scandal by us. Um, and I reference a Real Clear Politics article where they talk about how inept our intelligence was and how it was misled by everybody and the talking points were disseminated down. See, this is where it really aggravates me. We got a guy that called in for help, was killed, and then nobody came to help him, and then we have to have talking points. Because we're not humans anymore. We're just little statistics, and we have to have talking points about what happened. Basically, covering your ass. Let's call it what it is. Everybody who's ever been in business has sent that cover your ass email. It's like, oh man, I better go ahead and send my client this so he has it in writing, and cover my ass so that I don't get in trouble 
for not doing my job. And it's exactly what's happening. And so, you know, we're never going to really know. And it was actually in the news today that the the families of the people that were murdered are wanting some answers. And you're not going to get them. Just not going to get them. We told you what we what we thought we knew at the time. Come on, guys. You capture everybody's email, text message on the planet. You guys couldn't have figured out what happened? You just what you just come out and tell us like we're adults. Just be like, "Well, we got to put the right spin on this or this is going to look real bad." So give us some time to craft some good statements here. I'll be fine with that. If you don't want to give up national security or whatever, but don't come out with a bunch of bogus crap and then have somebody spit it and be the fall guy. I'm so sick of that. I'm so sick and this is this is just me personally. I'm sick of somebody always stepping up to cover up for other people's crap. It's like this NSA whistleblower that I've got a whole clip for, and it's an interview with him. It's like 10 minutes. But you guys got to hear this. The guy just comes out and is a whistleblower, talks about, hey, the government's violating the Constitution, and he's the one that's blackballed. That is so crazy to me. It's like, hey, look, look, look. These guys are doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. Like, you're a traitor. What? Come on, man. At some point, we got to be real with ourselves. At some point, we got to be to the point where we just say, wait a minute, this guy's trying to do the right thing, and he's the one getting crucified? I mean, DynCore can run child kidnapping rings, and, and they don't get in trouble because they're allowed to do it, but this guy blows the whistle on our own government storing all of our data, and, and he's the one that's the the black sheep? We need to come to an intellectual agreement here that what this guy is doing is trying to help you and I. He's not trying to hurt anybody. He's trying to, hey, hey, guys, hey, don't be putting stuff in your emails you don't want people to find out. Just letting you know because they'll have it, and they're going to have it for a long time. They're building that huge base in Utah, and I'll put the link to that so you guys can see it. And when Congress asked the NSA – Hey, what do you guys need this huge facility for? They said, nah, we don't need to tell you about that. We're the NSA. We're the National Security Administration. You don't need, you don't need to know that. So sorry about the whole Benghazi thing. It got me on a, a whole different tangent. So back on track here. Oh, the deficit is dropping, actually, which is true. Yay, Rachel got one right. woo Okay, FEMA is not building concentration camps. This is my favorite one because I know people – I know this sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy that your federal government can be building camps where they're going to take you during civil unrest. H.R. 645, go read it. It was admitted for a vote in Congress to build concentration camps. They called them FEMA camps. Uh, and then we have the foreign policy article, and it's and it's entitled, Did You Hear the One About the U.S. Internment Camps? That's right. There is an army manual that talks about – oh my gosh, let me go look it up so I don't completely butcher this. But there's an army manual that basically states that they – it talks about how they're going to process people through social security numbers – 
and all kinds of good stuff. Okay, I'll actually read you some excerpts here. Okay. To support, uh, it's support to civil support operations. I guess that's what the document's called, unless I'm on page two here. No, I'm on page one. So, here is what it states. Civilian support is the DOD support of U.S. civilian authorities for domestic emergencies. For the designated law enforcement and other activities, civilian support includes operations that address consequential natural or man-made disasters, accidents, terrorist attacks, and incidents in the U.S. and its territories. The IR Internment Resettlement Task, performed in support of civil support operations, are familiar to those during combat operations, but in the techniques and procedures modified modified based on special operation special operating environment associated with operating within US territory within US territory and according to the categories of individuals primarily located or dis or dislocated civilians basically people that have you know, let's say a nuclear blast and people have to move out of the area they're all you know they don't have a house is housed in the internment resettlement facilities sounds loving and fun even though they got like all kinds of nets and chains and stuff in there for you military police will typically be required to account for the DCs and report higher to report to higher headquarters which will probably be FEMA or some place like that or the Department of Homeland Security this may require instance of internment serial internment serial numbers or control numbers specific to the DCs Commanders conducting resettlement operations ensure a proper understanding of the ISN insurance policy and assigning the INS to the DC. Once again, uh, dislocated civilians. Even in civil support operations where Social Security numbers may be used, a supporting system will be required for those without Social Security numbers. That's just an excerpt. And... And they talk about how that that it's basically used after disasters and stuff, which I think is fine if you're going to use it after disasters. But don't put these freaking camps all over the all over the country, and then look at the American people and tell us, hey, they don't exist. Just be like, hey, look, here's where they are. Go look at them. It's nothing special. We just got them in case stuff breaks down. That's fine, but keeping them secret. Adds this whole different veneer to it. It's like, what the heck are these guys hiding? And me personally, I don't know if they're hiding anything. But the fact that they're being all sneakity sneak about it kind of creeps me out. You know, I don't, I don't mind the fact that you guys take all my data. I knew that stuff was going on. I mean, you'd have to be just completely off the off your rocker to not think that you're being monitored in some way in, in some form. So that is what astounds me is that people – you can show them documents like this, and they just won't believe it. It's like, no, they don't exist. FEMA camps don't exist. Rachel Maddow said they don't. But that's why I always tell you to get informed because the, with with the ability that we have with the internet, there is no excuse for your ignorance. There is no excuse. The only reason that you are willfully ignorant is because there are too many distractions, and sometimes life is scary. 
Let's just admit it. Life is kind of creepy. Life is scary. Driving over one of those humongous bridges, they're like 70% of them, and I'm not making this up. I, I think it's like 70 or 80% of the bridges are completely out of date. The government's own numbers, like, but I don't get scared. I mean, if you think about it logically, it's something to get scared about. Like, wow, this bridge could collapse and we could all die. But you don't really think about it. So you have to disengage yourself, and I know it sounds like it's not going to be a lot of fun, but once you start living in, 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 in the reality of, of I guess, the the not-plastic-fake culture that we're given here in the United States, and it is plastic and it is fake. Let's just be real with each other. The Kardashians, that's fake. NFL football, even though it is real, it's a distraction. It's a humongous distraction. And it gets it, it gets people completely focused on things that they would never be focused on. And it turned it has turned over the past couple of years. It has turned the American people into a group of parrots. And and you have a couple of different like I said before, you have a couple of different talking points that you can go into that 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 are socially acceptable. It's socially acceptable to talk about football because everybody loves football. It's socially acceptable to talk about the voice or to talk about American Idol because everybody loves those things. But if you criticize your government or you criticize American foreign policy, then you've got something wrong with you. I say hogwash. That's what America was founded on. America was founded on limited government and questioning these guys because our founders even said it. Hey, look, man, eventually what's going to happen is that you're going to get a bunch of sheep, and then every time you have a nation full of sheep, it's going to be ruled by a pack of wolves. Lo and behold, we are here. And I'm not talking about the wolves up in Congress because they're part of it. I am talking about the elite of the elite. And everybody that just turned off the radio, good luck to you. Because if you believe somewhere in your little noggin that these people that had all this money and power back in the day, just disappeared, you're crazy. Have you ever looked into where the Queen of England is actually from? Have you ever looked into that? Have you ever looked into the fact that she's not even English at all, that she comes from the Saxe-Coburg-Gothas, which are German, and then they are actually Transylvanian going back to the Dracul days? If you go through the linear... The um, oh, what do you call it? The family tree, I guess. There's a reason they don't call her the Queen Sex Colbert Gotha, the House of Windsor. It's something they made up. That's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about, people. We are in an information age that is growing very, very threatening to the power structure. The power structure does not like the fact that if I see something on Facebook, I can turn over and I can share it with 150, 200 people instantly. And then those 150 to 200 people can share something else, and those people can share it again, and then on and on and on. It's like that viral video that came out from the um, the Brazilian show 
where they were scaring people by putting them in the elevator. If you haven't watched it, it's kind of great, but then it kind of creeps me out because, like, I'm sitting there thinking, how did nobody, like, attack this little girl? But everybody cowers in fear. And it's this little girl in the elevator, and she's painted up to look like a ghost, and they stop the elevator, and they flicker the lights, and she comes out, and she's holding a little baby. And and everybody, even grown men, they cower in the corners and, like, hold their eyes. I'm like, what are you doing? It's a kid. Everybody's like, what would you do? I don't know. I would... I would go try to probably touch it first. I mean, it's crazy. But that video is at like, I don't even know, like 500 million views. And so that's that's the kind of stuff that scares the power structure. And I don't like to use the establishment because the establishment is such a, just a weird term. It's like, who is the establishment? Well, they're the social engineers, the social controllers that try to keep – Remember, these people think that we are dumb animals and they need to keep us in line. Otherwise, we'll just crawl all over each other and just wallow in filth. They have no faith in humanity. Because they use like social Darwinism to say, well, I mean, if I can kill you and get away with it, then I'm smarter human than you. And therefore, it's justified in the universe that I can do this. So... And it was funny, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. Gotta love him, man. Gotta love him. And he talks about how it's it's it is it's the old regime moving away. And that's exactly what it is. It's the old regime, it's the old power structure moving away. The Rumsfelds, those guys, Halliburton, all, I mean Dick Cheney. You guys are gonna be gone in a while. And I know that since you went to your Henry Kissinger boot camp or whatever he called it, and we're going to talk about how we're going to control everybody, and that's in that book, um, Superclass, by Rothkopf, where he talks about how nobody who's anybody gets a job high in the government without going through the Kissinger group first. You just don't. Because they set policy. And that's what the power structure freaks out about. Is the fact that now the human the human intellect is starting to take hold in this Mayan calendar garbage, the dawning of a new age? I think it's going to be the age of humanity. I really do. It's the age of Aquarius. Hey, it's the age of me. I'm the I'm an Aquarius, so it's it's my age. So why don't we try? Why don't we try being smarter and outsmarting these people? Why do we have to go around killing one another and then watching them laugh at us, saying, oh my gosh, look, they are dumb animals. Look at them killing each other. And you have to prove to yourself eventually that you are a higher being and that you can solve things differently than just looking at somebody and having pure hatred for them just because they were born in a different country or because they look differently than you do. There has to come a point to where we get... We either go there as a species, or we keep doing what we're doing, and we end up extincting ourselves because, uh, let's let's say, uh, Pakistan and, and 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 India start firing nukes at each other, and they blow up the entire ionosphere, and we're all dead. Which they got nukes, they could do it. They're crazy. They are crazy about hating one another. Super crazy. And once again, I'll go back to the Joe Rogan podcast where he had the guy on from um, from Vice, 
And the guy from Vice does um, what he calls, and this is what I would love to do. He calls it immersion journalism, where they go and immerse themselves in the culture for like three weeks. And live with the natives, try to learn the native language, communicate with people. And he said that the, the distinction between the Pakistanis and, and the Indians is just really crazy. Not the Indians you think of with the headdresses or the, the real Indian people. He said that they hate each other so much that one of the guys from Pakistan said that, yeah, if they attack us, we'll nuke them and we'll win. He's like, no, no, no. If you shoot nukes at them, they'll shoot nukes at you, and then everybody loses because you guys blow up the entire ozone and we all melt. It's called fallout. And then we have nuclear radiation just spins around the earth and it kills everything and we're all dead. So you don't win. So we have to get from that point of just pure tribalism, which I don't know how we're going to get there, but we got to start somewhere. You got to start talking to people about these things. You got to get people to think. Hey, do you believe that the government grabbing all your data and keeping it and, and data mining it and 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 keeping and, and being able to go through and just pull every record of you? Do you think that that's a free country? I don't. And in, the, and in this NSA whistleblower piece here, he even talks about it, and I'm a tech person. I know how easy this is. He's like, all you have to do is encrypt it, and then once you have a warrant to go search this person, then you unencrypt all the data, and it, it is there. And the, and the reporter's like, well, isn't that really hard? No. It happens on a day-to-day basis. It happens on a day-to-day basis. Anytime you transfer something to a cloud environment, the cloud, the cloud is just a server in a data center that's housing an application. That's all it is. I probably just talked over a bunch of people's head, but probably not. I have a pretty smart audience. So it's a server in a data center, and let's say that I'm going to send my banking records to that server. Once it hits a protected path, which your residential home internet is not protected. DSL is not protected because it all shares the same connection. If I use what's called a dedicated line or a T1 line, if I used a dedicated line to send that information to that server, that thing would be encrypted from the time that it left to the time that it got to the server, and it would stay there and be encrypted. And the only way that anybody could crack the code is if they had something that would decode the encryption, and it would probably be not worth their time. That's how easy it is. It's basically ones and zeros on top of ones and zeros, and and then that's it. It just messes with the binary code, and then you get the right, you get the right decoder for it, and it's done. So, sorry to get a little technical, but let's play this whistleblower, and then I have an article that now Verizon is coming out saying that they're going to listen to everything you do. This is becoming the new trend. It's like, well, we're just going to listen to you, and we're just going to do it for ads. Remember Google said that back in the 90s? We're just doing it for target advertising. Oh, and then you sold our data. Oh, and now Google has this fake thing that they call their privacy policy, and they release it every year. Come on, man. What privacy? It's like the the head of the hackers conference said in 2008 when they had their hackers conference before this one. He just basically gets up there and the first thing that he says and this is you know I'm I'm not quoting because I didn't hear but this is exactly what I heard almost verbatim was he says you have no more privacy. Now get over that. 
But there's ways to fight the system. So let's listen to this interview from the NSA whistleblower, and this is absolutely amazing. And I'll um, I'll post the link to the actual video so you can watch the interview uh, from Russia Today and um, get his take on it. Once again, this guy is supposedly a, a traitor to the country. Yeah, just coming out and warning you, hey guys, guys, your government's spying on everything that you do. That's a traitor. Just like uh, Bradley Manning's a traitor. I mean, when are we going to get over this stuff, guys? When are we going to get over this? It's a sensitive document. You guys, and I hate to say this, but here's 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 the major problem. Why don't you, as just as a service to yourself, because I already know the answer. Why don't you go Google how many documents were labeled top secret last year by our government, by the U.S. government? Last year, just search engine it. How many documents are labeled top secret every year? It's retarded. It's like, oh, that's my grandmother's birthday. That's top secret. Can't see it. So here's the clip. Sorry for the long-winded bouncing around all over the place today, but... Just had a lot of energy this afternoon. So here's the whistleblower clip, and I'll be back on the back side. And then I have a Ben Swan clip about Boehner removing the four fiscal conservatives from it. Yeah, Tea Party guys. Yeah, you guys need to go away. Well, you won't let us raise taxes and not cut anything? Yeah, you got to go. All right, so here's an NSA whistleblower. I thought the Naris device simply takes in the entire line, so it takes all the data. In fact, they advertise. The way they advertise, they <clears throat> they can process the lines at session rates, which means 10 gigabit lines. That's the nearest, uh, uh, not the STA-6400, but the, uh, I forget the name. There's another device that they have that does that, but it does it at 10, gigabit, 10 gigabits. That's why they're building Bluffdale, because they have to have more storage, because they can't figure out what's important, so they're just storing everything there. So all that email is going to be stored there for the future, uh, but right now it's stored in different places around the country. Uh, but it is being collected and is uh, has ac and uh, FBI has access to it. You mean it's being it. collected in bulk without yes. even requesting yes. the, the <coughs> providers? And then what about Google? You know, releasing this this biannual transparency report and saying that the government's demands for personal data is at an all-time high. And for for all of those requests in the U.S., Google says they complied with the government's demands 90% of the time. But they're still saying that they're making the requests. It's not like it's all being funneled into into that storage. What do you say to that? Uh, well, I, I would assume that that's just simply another source of the same data they're already collecting. Uh, uh, Mark Klein, in his de declarations in the court uh, about the um, AT&T facility in San Francisco, d documented the NSA room inside that AT&T facility where they had NARIS devices to collect data off the fiber optic lines inside the United States. So that's kind of a powerful device that would collect everything that was being sent. It could collect on the order of 100, over 100 billion 1,000-character emails a day, one device. So that's, that gives you an idea of the magnitude of the kind of collection that's going on. Well, you're saying they, they sift through, those are billions of billions of, of emails. Yep. I wonder... How do they prioritize? I mean, is it like foreign nationals first? What, what, what's the? How do they prioritize? How do they filter I, it? I don't think there. Well, first of all, I don't think there's any filtering. They're just going to store it all. 
okay? So then it's just a matter of selecting it when you want it. So if they wanted to target you, they would take your attributes and go into that database and pull out all your data. That's what I was going to ask. Are they reading my Gmail? <laughs> I should say there is no yes. Afghanistan general in my mail. <laughs> Do you think now that I said that, they will stop looking into my mailbox? I don't think that would make any difference, no. If they, if they had you on the target list, you're on the list. So. Were you on the target list? I'm sure. I, 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 uh, I believe I've been on it for quite a few years, yeah. So I keep telling them everything I think of them in my email so that they, when they read it, they'll understand what I think of them. Do you think we should all like leave messages for the Absolutely, NSA sure. in our mailbox? Sure. Mr. Binney, you blew the whistle on the agency when George W. Bush was president. With President Obama in office, in your opinion, has anything changed at the agency? In, in the surveillance program, what, in what direction is sure. this administration <clears throat> taking yeah. progress? The change is that it's getting worse. They're doing more. That's why they, I mean, he is supporting the building of, of uh, the Buffdale facility, which is over $2 billion they're spending on storage alone of data. So that means that they're collecting a lot more now, and they need more storage for it. So that, that facility, by my calculations that um, I submitted in a sworn affidavit to the court for the Electronic Frontiers Foundation lawsuit against NSA, uh, would hold on the order of... Um, 5,000 exabytes or 5 zettabytes of data. Just that current storage capacity that's being advertised on the web that you can buy currently. And that's not talking about what they have in the near future. Okay, so what, what are they going to do with all of that? Like, okay, they're storing it. Why should anybody, anybody be concerned? Uh, well, if you ever get on their enemies list like Atreus did or for whatever reason, then you can be drawn into that uh, surveillance. Do you think they were the General Petraeus, who was idolized by the same administration, or <coughs> General Allen? Well, there's, there's certainly uh, there's certainly some questions that have to be asked, like why were they targeted to begin with? What law were they breaking, or what probable cause did they have in, in, to begin even to surveil? In the case of General Petraeus, I, I, one would argue that okay, there could have been there could have been uh, security breaches, uh, something like that. We, but with General Allen, I don't quite understand because what they were looking into were, were his private emails of to, to this to this woman and. Well, that's, just, that's the whole point. Yeah, the whole point is what probable cause from the him? beginning. And why did they? I'm not sure what the internal Make politics is. Yeah, well, that's part of the problem. Uh, this government doesn't want things in the public. It's not a, a government, uh, a transparent government. So they, whatever they're doing, whatever reason they had to motive, and whatever the motivation was, I'm, I'm not privy to it, so I don't really know, but I certainly think that there was something going on in the background that made them target those fellows. I mean, otherwise, why would they be doing it? There is no crime there. It seems that the public is divided between those who think that the government surveillance program violates their civil liberties and those who say, I have nothing to hide, so why should I care? What do you say to those who think that shouldn't concern them? The, the problem is, if, if, the, if they think they're not doing anything that's wrong, uh, they don't get to define that. The central government does. They de the central government defines what is right and wrong and whether or not they target you. So it's not up to the individual. To, even if they think they're doing something wrong, 
if their position on something is against what the administration has, then, then they could easily become a target. Tell me about the most outrageous thing that you came across during your work at the NSA. Uh, well, uh, the violations of the Constitution and, and any number of laws that existed at the time. Uh, that, that, was the, that was the part that I could not uh, be associated with. That's why I left there. They were building social networks on uh, who was who communicating and with whom inside this country so that your entire social network of everybody, of every U.S. citizen, was being compiled over time. So they're taking uh, from one company alone roughly uh, 320 million records a day. That's how over time that that's probably accumulated up to close to 20 trillion over the years. The original program that we put together to handle this, to be able to identify terrorists anywhere in the world uh, and, and uh, alert anyone th that they were in, in under jeopardy, uh, would, have, would have been able to do that uh, by encrypting everybody's communications except those who were targets. So that in, in essence, you would protect their identities and, uh, and the information about them until you could develop probable cause, and then once you showed probable cause, then you could uh, do a decrypt and target them. And we could do that and, and isolate those people uh, all along. That wasn't a problem at all. There was no difficulty in that. But it sounds very difficult and very complicated. Easier to take everything in and... No, it's, it's, uh, it's easier to use the graphing techniques, if you will, of the relationships for the world to filter out data so you don't have to handle all that data. And it doesn't, it doesn't burden you with a lot more information to look at than you really want to look, than you really need to solve the problem. So do you think that the agency doesn't have the filters now? No. You have received the Callaway Award for yes. Civic <coughs> Courage. Uh, I congratulate you for that. Thank you. Uh, on the website, in the press release, it says it is awarded to those who stand up for constitutional rights and American values at great risk to their personal and professional lives. Under the code of spy ethics, I don't know if there is such a thing. I assume, well, not. Your former colleagues, um, they, they probably look upon you as a, as a traitor. How do you look back at them? Oh, that's pretty easy. They're violating the foundation of this entire country, of what, our entire foundation of what, how, why this entire government was formed. It's founded with the Constitution and the rights given to the people in the country under that Constitution. They're in violation of that. And under Executive Order 13526, Section 1.7, Governing Classification, you cannot classify information that just to cover up a crime, which this is. And that was signed by President Obama. Also, President Bush signed an earlier executive order, a very similar one. If any of this comes into the Supreme Court and they rule it unconstitutional, then the entire house of cards of the government falls. What are the chances of that? What are the odds? Well, the government's doing the best they can to try to keep it out of court. And, of course, we're trying to do the best we can to get into court. <laughs> so we just thought it, it deserves a, a, a ruling from the Supreme Court, ultimately. The court is supposed to protect the Constitution. All these, all these people in government take an oath to defend the Constitution, and they're not living up to their oath of office. There you go, buddy. Call them out. 
tell them exactly what I just told them. Since, you know, I know that you guys swear an oath to the Constitution when you get into office, but just because some guys get you off to the side and say, hey, 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 I got a better idea. Let's do let's do this. Don't, no, 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 don't worry about it. No, it's, it's, it's kind of legal. We got, we got lawyers. We'll get out of it. And that's what kind of ends up happening. So an excellent piece. And then I do have this um, Ben Swan thing that I want to get to. But here's a another article I just wanted to piggyback on the Spy Network for, just because eventually they the once again the power structure can't sell you that surveillance is sexy. So what they do is they run these little patents like Verizon, this little giblet that was in the CBS DC today. It says. Can they hear you now? Verizon patent could listen in on customers. Google already has this, by the way. So it goes on to talk about how um, here, here's a great uh, here's a great little excerpt from the article. So it's first publicized that Verizon's patent gives examples of DVR acute sensitivity in customers' living rooms, argument sounds, prompt ads for marriage consultings. Sounds of cuddling, prompt ads of contraceptives. So, you know, so they're going to sell it as something that's nice and fun, and it's here to help you. We're not going to watch you guys in your living room, even though they've admitted they do that to the school kids that they give them the laptops to take home with them. If detection facility or yeah, detection facility detects one or more spoken words by a user, e.g., while talking to another user in the same room on the telephone, advertising facility may utilize one of the one or more of the spoken words by the user to search for an advertisement associated with one of the words. Verizon says in its patent application. And then it goes on to say that, yeah, it can link to your smartphone and it'll put ads on your smartphone and stuff like that. Because, you know, everybody everybody loves pop-up ads, so, you know, why not have more of those? And, and, if, and then here you go. At the very end, it says, if the detection facility detects that a user is holding a mobile device, the advertising facility may be configured to communicate with that mobile device. And yeah, without your knowledge, if it just detects a device... It's just going to, oh, I'll just go grab that cell phone. Advertising facility may be configured to communicate with that mobile device with direct mobile device to the present and selected advertising. According, it may not, wait, wait, it, accordingly, not only may the selected advertisement be specifically targeted to the user, but also delivered right into the user's hand. Oh, and that's so cool. I'm just going to get bombarded with propaganda everywhere. And they've already announced that they're going to start doing like PR rollouts and, you know, terror alerts and stuff like that on your smartphone. So get ready. This is just all part of the takeover, guys. This is all part of the Internet takeover that the UN's over there talking about. Because if they can pipe in stuff like that, who says they can't pipe in PR messages from your loving central government that spies on you without warrants, which is completely illegal? Don't worry about that, though. They're your buddies. Verizon officials declined to comment on Fars Cable about the patent application, but did release the following statement on CBS Radio. That means that they sat there for hours trying to draft this nice little, you know, mun- muddy statement. And this is so crazy. Verizon has well-established track record of expecting, respecting its customers' privacy and protecting its, its person, their personal information. 
Oh, you mean like when you guys, uh, not you guys, but when TiVo deleted the um, the FEMA camps episode off of all the DVRs in the United States because the government told them to? That kind of protection of privacy? That's what you're talking about? That's nice. Oh, and I just had a refresh, so stay with me, guys. So moving on. Um, as a company that promote that prizes innovation, remember this is all good. It's all loving. Remember, innovation is always good. It's never you know double sided with back doors or anything. Verizon takes pride in its innovations, whose work is represented in our patents and in our patent applications. While we do not, while we do not contempt on pending patent applications, the futuristic patent filings by innovators are routine. And whatever we might do in the future would be in line with our well-established track record of respecting our customers' privacy and protecting their personal information. But I just had an NSA guy say that you're in cahoots with the government and giving them all of our information because as soon as it touches your stuff, due to the Telecommunications Act, the government have access to it. Yeah, didn't think I read that, did you? 1990, 1996 Telecommunications Act, which was great. Because it gave me a job because I work for one of those, um, what's called a CLEC. It's a competitive local exchange carrier. But it also gave them the right to um, track my cell phone and grab any of the data that they wanted that was coming across those pipes. So moving on from that, let's talk about Mr. Boehner removing the four fiscal conservatives. And I will let Ben Swan explain this to you guys. For those of you that don't know, Ben Swan runs this um He's part of a an affiliate. I think it's in Chicago, but I don't want to be um, incorrect. But uh, he's on one. Of, he's one of my Facebook friends. So if you guys go to my We Are Not Cattle Facebook page, you'll be able to find him. He's on one of my buddies on there, and he does a show called Reality Check, and where he gives about a three to four minute breakdown of news topics, which he actually covers the facts and not the government toting down talking point propaganda which Ron Paul admitted that we have state-run media in his farewell speech. So here is Ben Swan talking about John Boehner, and then at the end of that, I will wrap up the show and also give out the address for those of you that are going to be able to listen between now and Saturday that are within the Atlanta area that want to come down to support a great cause like not borrowing our government money from a private bank. So here is the Ben Swan clip. Enjoy. Is the Republican establishment pushing out fiscal conservatives? Speaker of the House John Boehner just removed four of the most fiscally conservative congressmen in Washington from finance and budget committees. This is a reality check you won't see anywhere else. Four Republican congressmen have lost their committee spots because they're too conservative. At least that's what some bloggers are claiming. So here's the backstory. The four congressmen are Michigan Rep Justin Amash and Kansas Rep Tim Hulskamp. They will lose their seats on the House Budget Committee, chaired by Rep Paul Ryan next year. And then there's Arizona Representative David Schweikert and Representative Walter Jones of North Carolina. They're losing their seats on the House Financial Services Committee. The decision to remove these congressmen, though, was made by the Republican Steering Committee. The committee reportedly looked over voting records and other documentation in order to make that decision. The man in charge of that steering committee, House Speaker John Boehner. What all four of these reps have in common, though, is they are all outspoken fiscal conservatives. Shields Camp has been calling on Republicans to not back down on the tax increase pledge that they have made. Amash has been a staunch supporter of deep federal cuts, 
one of the few Republicans calling for cuts to defense spending, something Republican leadership won't even consider. But most importantly, all four of these congressmen were part of a group of conservatives, backed by the Tea Party and the Liberty Movement, who weren't afraid to vote against John Boehner during the last session of Congress. Remember, we told you back in August during the Republican National Convention that a civil war is breaking out between Liberty and Tea Party conservatives and establishment Republicans. It was Speaker of the House Boehner who read from a teleprompter a vote for a major party rule change, a change that he claimed was approved despite the shouts of conservatives against it. Listen. Today, Boehner's working on his deal for the fiscal cliff, a deal that many conservatives have said contains very few real budget cuts, and one that the GOP caucus in the House was reportedly never even consulted on. Quote, the caucus was not consulted on the proposal. I wish we had been. The Republican members were not consulted on the offer made. We are having the legislation being formulated among the Speaker, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, and the President, said Texas Representative Louis Gomer. So what this means for you is that, well, we may be much further from a deal on the fiscal cliff than many people realize. If Speaker Boehner is creating a proposal but not talking to Republicans in Congress, how does he plan to get it approved? What this means for you if you're a conservative, it means the civil war in the Republican Party is just getting started. And that is Reality Check. You can find the sources of... Uh. Gee, I wonder why you guys got let go. Oh, we made a decision that you don't want to cut defense spending, so you're all out. Listen, guys, it's not that I don't like the military, but holy crap, we're going bankrupt. I posted something on my Facebook page the other day. It shows like a graph of what we spend all of our billions of dollars on, and it, it's like a humongous missile, and it's like four times the size of anything else. We spend more money on defense spending. I think we spend like four times as much money on defense spending as we do on on healthcare or anything else on this planet. Now, I understand that we got to be the police of the world because that's what the New World Order tells us we have to do, and that's what the magic box tells us we have to do. And then you have the people that still live in this fantasy land that say, well, if we don't do it, then somebody else is going to. You know what? Who? China? They're going to do it? Dude, they already own us anyway. What the hell? It gets so it gets so frustrating when you're dealing with people like this that that are just so like Joe Rogan said they're just old crusty old white rich men and I don't mean to like stereotype but that's who we got run in this country that have all their money tied up in the military industrial complex and they just can't let it go because all they want's more money and more power well guess where that's going to get us guys that's going to get us in some kind of just third world situation where we'll be the little chicken feeders, and they'll be sitting there in their armor redoubts, just like you saw on Jesse Ventura's show. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Jesse Ventura, The Ozarks. I'm going to put it um, – I put a link on my Facebook page. I'll put a link on my website so you guys can check it out. But that's all I got for you. Remember, get a friend, get informed, and get involved, people. And once again, let me read out the address for this weekend's event. For those of you near the Atlanta area, we are going to be at the Federal Reserve Building. 
which is at 1000 Peachtree Street, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. It's at the corner of Peachtree Street and 10th. And if you want more information, go to wearechangeatlanta.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Love liberty. Get informed. Get in, Get involved. And, hey, let's do this, guys. In your heart. Let's